I'm Luke Summerhays, and I love Pokemon. What you're about to hear, though, is not an episode of Luke Loves Pokemon, but an episode of my other podcast, Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. It's an episode about Pokemon Detective Pikachu, so it should be relevant to this audience. And I think it is kind of interesting to hear that film discussed by someone who doesn't really know Pokemon. You might have heard Matt in some earlier episodes talking about his very brief exposure to the series, but basically he doesn't know anything about Pokemon, so hopefully this will make for an interesting listen. And if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to that podcast as well. Usually it's not quite so family-friendly, to be fair. Although we're swearing a little less each week. Anyway, enjoy, and I'll catch you later for more actual Pokemans. Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the Pantheon of Mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Detective Pikachu. In the year 1996, Pokemon Red and Green hit the shelves. And 22 years later, we finally get a live-action movie. In the year 1996, I was a junior in high school. <laughs> I was six. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come to the West for two more years. So, yeah, what we're doing today is um, Detective Pikachu. Uh, this is Matt. This is Luke. And this is the Sci-Fi Sanctuary. You know, I'm not, I don't know that much about Pokemon, so we needed to bring, bring a guest in today who is an expert on Pokemon, which is um, Luke Summerhays from Luke Loves Pokemon. Hello, Luke. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Lovely to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Nobody call. Well, I guess people do call if we count Skype. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there but we go. we have go. to chase them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, who goes first on this one about entering this world of Pokemon? I mean, I've talked already at length about my history of Pokemon, so I'm not going to say too much. Lifelong fan. From the day it arrived in the West, it's basically why I now live in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Detective Pikachu a few nights ago. You played Soul Silver that time? No, Heart Gold. Oh, Heart Gold. See, I, I can at least call that much. Okay. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I, I, I had fun playing it while I did. Um, got lost in the casino. Just started playing the game of chance and forgot how to do the actual game and never really got back to it. And then once I tried to play Pokemon Go, I've said this on your podcast, but yeah, and it was like before they had actually had it go online in Japan, so there were no Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it was just me standing on a vast, endless sea of green. Pretty fun. <laughs> Existentialist Pokemon. But I mean, you don't personally have much history of Pokemon, but you have lived in Japan for more than 10 years, and it is everywhere so you must have developed some knowledge of it just through like osmosis yeah yeah of course i mean <laughs> you know pikachu and mickey mouse in japan right mm -hmm. and drymon too right um I, I wrote with the names because uh i thought cybok was the guy from um star trek five psyduck thank you see i don't know He's i wrote cybok <laughs> This, this is my level coming in. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote, oh, I know if you're doing a Pikachu, I wrote Cybok. <laughs> and I wrote Char something. <laughs> and that was the deepest I could get. Well, weirdly, you're probably more familiar with a lot of their Japanese names. That's true, yeah. So if like I hear the Japanese. Lizardon. Oh, yeah, okay. That's Charizard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's another part of the uh, being in Japan for too long. Yeah. Um, this, this is the first live-action Pokemon, right? Yes. Like, of anything. Have they done anything live-action before? Uh, they had a stage musical. 
No, that doesn't count. That's like the Spider-Man thing, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, also this was in like the 90s. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got like a couple of like Super Bowl ads for the brand. But yeah, basically this is the first. Okay. I've actually anything. So what was the buzz on this? It was video game first, right? Yeah, then there was a Detective Pikachu video game, um, which did okay, I think. But I think they just saw it as a good opportunity to backdoor in making Pokemon movies. Because if you start with like the main, you know, trainer goes out all the big battles and stuff, that's a huge budget. Yeah. So here's like a, a slightly smaller scale, not really so much battling, not really about big teams of Pokemon, just one person, one Pokemon business. And you know, you can throw someone in the theater and they can at least sort of follow it. I mean, yeah. uh, I, there, there, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of little callbacks, nostalgia kicks and things that are completely flowing past me. Because sometimes they actually have like a little, ta-da, not, you know, filmatic version of that too show you that something cool has appeared, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what those things are. Mm. <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, the film had a lot of buzz on the lead up to release because, yeah, it was the first live action Pokemon people were pretty hyped to see in the footage and stuff. And then it did well, but it didn't like do phenomenal. But it also came out like a week after Endgame. Yeah. So, like, no film was going to do great there. <laughs> it was, at the time of release, the highest-grossing video game movie. I think Sonic had a better opening weekend. Okay, that, But, again, didn't compete with Endgame. That is, and had way less of a tail, I think. But also, you know, there might be a reason Sonic didn't have a long tail in the cinema. I watched them. That is one thing, and um, I guess that's important for this movie, because I... Um I watched it, I took a quick look at the wiki and they're like, oh, it's the second highest, because of Sonic, it's the second highest grossing video game movie. I was like, oh yeah, that was a video game movie. Yeah. So it didn't really occur to me I was watching a video game movie until like after I watched it. Well, even if like Detective Pikachu itself wasn't specifically a video game, Pokemon is, right? The Game Boy game first and foremost. Right. But now it's just like this big media empire. Mm. Like it is the highest grossing media franchise now. Well, no, I'm just saying watching it's it, because a lot of, if you watch... A Resident Evil movie, you pretty, you know, it's very ingrained. You're watching video games. That's what I mean, but Pokemon is, has become so much more. Yeah. You forget that it's just a game originally. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Mm. It, it didn't occur to me for a while. Um, this is where this is definitely on the Ryan Reynolds train. I guess he's still riding his train at the moment. So, well, no one's riding the train because they're not making movies. But in general, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, well, this was like the the Ryan Reynolds one that you can take your kids to. Right. <laughs> well, they also did that Christmas Deadpool release. <laughs> <laughs> you only take kids up your mania, though. <laughs> no, no, they, did you not see that one? I didn't. I haven't watched it, but no, they re-released, I can't remember if it's Deadpool or Deadpool 2, recut to be family-friendly, and bookended with him, like, reading it as a storybook. <laughs> I think with the kid from... Is it the kid from... What's another film where a kid's reading a storybook? It was the actor from that grown up to an adult and Deadpool just breaks into his house and oh. makes him read a Deadpool story. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Might be all, kind of fun. All I can think of is reading Rainbow at the moment. No, it's like Princess Bride or something like that. Oh, okay. Like, that's not Christmas Eve. So I don't think oh, like a never-ending story maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can follow along with that. So th I, this one was mildly successful. Japan would... How would it feel like... Oh, must have done well. Did it do well here? Is it okay? Huh? Is it okay here? Okay. I don't. Um, they get a movie every year, like yeah, you know, yeah, without I, fail, I, though. I, I haven't checked this, but I would honestly not be surprised if, like, the animated Pokemon movie that came out the same year as Tech Pikachu did better. Mm, <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> um, though I guess I, I tried to like actually work out the story. Okay. Which was a little more tangled once I got to that task. So I guess I'll do that. Okay, hit us with it. Goodman is a 21-year-old insurance adjuster who has left childish things like pokey training behind since the death of his mom. Why he no longer even has a personal Pokemon. Detective Ken Watanabe gives a young man a call from Rhyme City, where Pokemon and humans live side by side in peace. 
It seems Tim's father, Harry, was not able to live in peace as he has apparently been killed in a car crash. Visiting his late father's apartment, Tim finds a Pikachu who has a dope hat but no memory and a purple gas, R, which drives certain Pokemon feral. I guess all the Pokemon feral. Pikachu assumes he must have been Harry's partner, and Tim and Pikachu set off into the city, searching for clues down weird avenues such as an encounter with Mr. Mime in an underground Pokemon battle arena where Pikachu had previously kicked some booty. A rematch uh, featuring an R-gas-boosted Charizard... Charizard. Thank you. Gets interrupted by even more Pokemon accidentally being dosed with the gas, followed by a raid by the police. Next stop is the office of Howard Clifford, founder of both Clifford Industries and Rhyme City itself. He reveals to Tim and Pikachu that Tim's father is in fact alive. Howard's son Roger had artificially evolved a B2 who took Tim's father and erased Pikachu's memory, apparently. Tim and Pikachu enlist aspiring pokey journalist Lucy Stevens to have a look at the lab where the R-gas was developed. They have a run-in with an artificially evolved Greninja. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who mortally wounds Pikachu. Pikachu is healed by me too. It turns out Greninja was actually responsible for Harry Goodman and Pikachu's car crash. But don't get too comfortable with me too just yet. Howard Clifford reveals himself as the true evil mastermind. He takes control of Me Too with a neural link and begins to wreak havoc on Rhyme City. The R-Gas not only drives Pokemon feral, but in their confused state, it is possible for humans to merge with Pokemon and evolve as they do. Howard, too, proceeds to make all of the inhabitants of Rhyme City merge with their Pokemon by releasing the gas all over the city. Pikachu tries to handle Howard 2 with electricity, while Tim has a run-in with a ditto before ripping the neural lick helmet off the real Howard's head. Mewtwo is able to return the city back to normal, including Pikachu. In order to save Harry after the car crash, Mewtwo had fused Pikachu and Harry. With all of the fusing and mind wipes reversed, Tim is reunited with his father. Tim, Pikachu, and Harry are set to become a detective team in Rhyme City while that plucky pokey journalist Lucy gets a full-time reporting job. So this is actually a pretty traditional film for once, so we can just talk about characters and actors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That said, now I want to do story first. Okay, we can do that. Here's my big question. Or two big questions. Do you follow everything okay? I woke up uh, this morning, I wrote it this morning, Mm -hmm. and I was like, what was it about? And I realized, uh, I I had to go look at the Wikipedia just to wrap, put the pieces together. but then I was like, oh, it's, it, well, it's like, you know, it's a film noir plot. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's complicated in that way. So, you know, Maltese Falcon, Big Sleep, uh, the Big Lebowski, right? Okay. But, like, in terms of the Pokemon bollocks, I didn't just confuse you. It was, I mean, it's confusing in a way where you might look at the first movie of any burgeoning franchise. Okay. And there's the other side of that coin. Did you ever feel like it was over-explaining stuff? Like I said before, I think they were kind of like saying, like, here's the thing. And I was like, what thing is this? It's just a thing. Okay. No, because the complaint I've heard from other people is like, oh, they're they're explaining stuff, but everyone knows this. But I'm like, but some people just don't. Mm. And like, the reason I'm so interested to talk to you specifically is I've only talked to people who already live and breathe and know Pokemon about this. Whereas Matt is just completely outside of that whole thing. So I'm really interested to see how this film held up for you. It seemed like a quirky film noir. Um, now I, I can only think of a couple of the Pokemon. I mean, we, we, they're not shoving that many in our face and just telling them their names or the, uh, no, their no, names, no. right? Yeah, I, I feel like in terms of names they say out loud, there's probably less than ten. Okay, and then like there's only like sixty 
something different Pokemon in this mm. of the 800 and something that existed at the time. Because right. obviously they could only create new like models and everything for so many, right? Well, now I want to get to, so I, the, the plot, like you mentioned, um, kind of had that film noir. Yeah. And then there's a filter of two specific movies that I feel like this movie is also not ripping off, but definitely influenced by. Go on. Um, first one's Roger Rabbit. <laughs> see, I don't feel that, but I can see why you would. Yeah. So, okay, for me, all the Pokemon would be like that cartoon world, right? Right. I don't need every cartoon character explained. There goes a truck. Up here comes a car. There goes another truck. We're in a very cool place to record, but it has a surprising amount of traffic because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Where were we? Roger Rabbit. So, um, yeah, so maybe the cartoon world. I don't need all the characters in there explained. Mm. So, that's okay, that makes sense. how I feel about this one. The other one, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, Zootopia. I'm aware of it. I never watched it. I, I, like, half watched it because my sister watched it, I think. I've seen it several times because my daughter was, like, six when it came out. Right. <laughs> so, um, that really, I felt like this one really hit the uh, Zootopia button. Okay. Because uh, the, the, the bunny, the bun, don't call her a bunny, excuse me, uh, whatever. Uh, I usually have her name down, to be honest, but... Judy Hops, I think that's right. Anyway, you know, she's going into the city just as our, our human character is. And, right. Um, the way that it's a, like the one city where all the animals live together. It's the one city where the humans and the Pokemon live together. The other thing is um, the predators are basically docile, right? Yeah. They live with the, the prey now. Mm. And there, it might even be a gas or something, or maybe it's a liquid, but there's something that drives them feral. Ah. Which is pretty much the plot here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, I don't, I'm not saying this movie at all, like, just straight up ripped off Zootopia, but I'm pretty sure they'd watched it a few times when they got to making this. I don't know how the dates for that work out when you consider the game. Oh, when you consider a game. Oh, we got no service. We're not checking the Yeah, date. I can't remember. What, but the DS game was a couple years before. I want to say so Zootopia similar, is about around the similar same time. time, I think. Okay. So it might, it might just be straight up coincidence. You said 17... Zootopia 16. Would have been pretty close then. Yeah, and they're about the same time. Yeah. So the video game plot is pretty much the same. I, I haven't played it all the way through, but I think it's, it's the same basic beats, but very different. Okay. Like, honestly, it didn't really bother me if that's sort of kind of where they got I the idea see, for this one. But it's just that they both had the same... So they had the same issue where it's, we want to present a world where these things live in harmony... But for the purposes of this story, we need to make them not be in harmony briefly. Yeah. So they create yeah. this chemical that makes... Because in a normal Pokemon story, Pokemon don't need to be feral because it's about like this sporting battling mm. thing, right? But they're trying to do this film noir version. Mm. So they need some silly sci-fi reason why the Pokemon go bad. Yeah. Oh, and uh, there is one more little kick to Zootopia. Mm. It's kind of like a weird remake of Chinatown for... Um, for kids, minus the, the worst parts. Huh. Sorry, you said to say family-friendly, so I'm not explaining the worst parts if you okay. haven't seen Chinatown. I've, that's the Jack Nicholson one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've no, I'm aware of it. I don't think I've seen it. Okay. You should watch it, but... I've, we'll get onto this, actually, for a weird reason later, but I'm, I've recently become very aware that I need to watch more real films. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to your question with the story, I mean... Someone coming in from the outside, it's, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a light film. Yeah. It's not, since I'm not in the world of Pokemon, it's honestly going to be a somewhat forgettable film. Mm. Uh, Pikachu in my mind is already returned to, um, you know, pen and ink uh, in my mind. Right. <laughs> but um, I, did, I certainly did not have a bad time watching it at all. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's more of just a... Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to speak to you in the way it did me, but because I've only ever spoken to about other Pokemon people... Mm. We don't, I, I don't know. Does it explain things too much? Does it not explain things enough? Because I, I can't put myself in a position where I don't already know all of this. With all I've the... just sworn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I could beep you. I can't put myself in a position where I, haven't already, I don't already know all of this stuff. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a pico when you swear. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, see, it's like I just swore. Okay. Um, there's a Pokemon podcast I listen to, which, of course, tries to be family-friendly. They always use Bulbasaur when someone swears because that Pokemon's name 
was banned when you played online because it is a swear word in some languages. <laughs> <laughs> I've never found out what language it is. You have to, maybe I could use that if you want, but you have to remind me. But I'd, be, I'd be stealing it from another podcast. Yeah, okay. I'll just, I'm just, I'm just going to scream into the iPad and plug that on in. Okay, you're not even going to just find a real Pikachu clip. No, I'm going to scream at myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We have to leave this in now so that the people who just heard that understand what had just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were talking about something else. A movie... I, was, I talked about how the fact that I can't... I couldn't imagine coming to it not already being familiar. Oh, but you seem to... Think. Here, this movie is somewhat inoculized. You watch a lot of movies now and they throw way too much crap on the screen, right? Mm. So in a way, it's way too much crap on the screen. But even as someone who's not a Pokemon fan, I know, oh, this has a long history... All of that stuff on the screen, you know, probably says something. Right. <laughs> or and means also, something to somebody, right? You're never meant to be looking at all of it. It's right. just there to make you feel like you're in that world. Yeah, it's there for people to notice who know what they're looking at. But yeah, but the rest of, of us look at the foreground and yeah, what's happening in the movie. And the foreground part isn't, I don't think it was too complicated. It's basically just, here's a kid trying to find his dad with this yeah. talking mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Although amusing, you didn't in your plot mention the fact that Pikachu could talk. That's because this is the first time I've ever watched. Yeah, that's what. That's, yeah, that's why I say it's interesting <laughs> because for in terms of Pokemon, that's the big twist of this one. <laughs> but yeah, you, well, you wouldn't know. <laughs> Weirdly, it ends up being more like Digimon than Pokemon because in Digimon they just have one monster I've only and seen all of Summer them can Wars. talk. All I've seen Summer Wars. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm making you watch Digimon soon. Yeah, <laughs> when the bridge is back up <laughs> or the train at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am. I, I, there's enough of a story here to follow that I can like pinpoint, right? Yeah. Because you put on a big blockbuster and sometimes just a bunch of things blew up. Right. So here I'm like, okay, I can see where this kind of goes through kind of recent kids' films like Zootopia. Well, Roger Rabbit's not recent, but that. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, like real film war. Like it has shades of that. Someone at least was paying enough attention to do that. Did you notice the film noir film that is playing when he gets to his dad's apartment? I did, but now I can't remember what it was. It was uh, Angels with Dirty Wings. Oh, okay. It's the fake film from Home Alone. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't catch it that far, so. Yeah, it's, it's that film. I don't think I caught it myself, but I heard it, and then See, well, I watched it again. <laughs> when you said that, I actually, I actually thought the real film, Angels with Dirty Face, it's like, oh, when did I watch that? I have a DVD of that. When do I watch it? So. <laughs> you know, it's the fake one from Home Alone. Okay. I could, yeah, that, I can appreciate that. That makes sense here, at least. Yeah, it's such a fun little... So, um, how about your take on the story? I, I guess the main attraction here is not the story for you, but... Uh... Yeah, it's just... I, um, I enjoyed the story enough. I like... I think the main two characters carry it very well. Tim and Pikachu mm. were both good at what they did. It was a, it's a very simple thing. From the first trailer, I could predict the ending. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I enjoyed the ride. But, yeah, for me, it was more about here is a live-action step into this world that I've been imagining living in my entire, like, memorable life. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it, there was... Of course, because it does this whole here's the city where they live in harmony, there's no balls, no battles thing, it's not quite the Pokemon that I've been imagining. But still, this film understands why... what Pokemon is about. And it really felt like stepping into that world. So for me, it was very emotionally resonant. And they had the uh, underground battle arena, just to throw you a bone there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In that bit, the, the lines of commentary they were giving are from the N64 game. Ah, yeah, I definitely didn't yeah, of course, know that. Of course not. I have one big complaint with this film. It's that a few of the performances can't seem to decide whether they're in an actual film for adults or a real kids film. Yeah, other than Ryan Reynolds, are there any other notable names in here? Um, yeah, the Max Clifford is also chops. I can't remember his name. No, not Max. Howard Clifford. Yeah, the older. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, I can't remember his name. He had. Long, does he? He usually didn't have long hair. Maybe he's. 
Uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. He's in Harry Potter. He's in loads of stuff. Okay, I, I've seen him, but I'm not going to give you a name recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, so. it'll, it'll hit me in a minute really annoyingly. Anyway, it didn't strike me watching it. I mean, oh, really? It, I just didn't notice. So. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He's um, <clears throat> The thing with that actor is he's off... He's like always in these films as like, here's the you know, veritable old actor to prove that this is a real film. But he's only ever been in trash films. <laughs> Somehow he's got a career as, you know, being the respectable actor, despite the fact that he only appears in cheesy stuff. <laughs> and we apparently don't have name recognition, so... <laughs> yeah, I, it, I just mentally blanked, but I okay. normally would remember his name. You'll probably shout it out in like 20 minutes. Yep, 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 100%. <laughs> um, the, the kid, Tim, um, I sort of read his name this morning and now I... Justice Smith. Oh, yeah. How do you forget a name like Justice Smith? Because I first saw it this morning. Yeah. He has... He has a truck! Kitagawa Co. Limited. That's what the truck said. Okay, so... Um, Justice! He has one other notable credit I believe that I haven't seen. Oh, what was that? I don't know. That was a, that's why it's in the form of okay. question. Or I'm he, only aware of him in this. Okay, or he might be in production for something that looks like it might be a thing, so... Yeah. Um, but, one of those. Yeah, he was pretty much an unknown before this film. Mm. I think he actually does a really good job. He's For fine. the most part, he has to play, like, the straight man. Mm-hmm. But I think he does it well. And for the start of the film, he's playing a character who is trying not to admit who he is. So he mm. has more depth than you'd expect for this kind of leading role who's just there to yeah, they did, ask the quite obvious question. They did paint that pretty broadly with... Uh, He's already given up his youth at age 21. Yeah. And kind of make that, you know, known as hard as possible. <laughs> also, they did what every film does, which is like, how do we show that this man has a boring life? He works in insurance. Bike <laughs> <laughs> Club did it. <laughs> yeah, um, Fargo, the TV show, does it. It's just, that's just like movie shorthand for your life sucks. You work in insurance. Well, I guess that's what I mean with the uh, broad brush. But like... Insurance is a pretty despicable industry, so <laughs> I don't disapprove of it. Uh, oh, here, here's a baiting question. Yeah. I had echoes of Ready Player One with the corporate, but maybe it's because the context is different, so it totally pisses you off there. And here it's about, you know, relate your family and your poke, Pokemon, because I just felt like the corporate thing, it was felt, felt similar to me. Oh, is that they tried to make the corporate the villain? The way they went about doing it, and then and then that um, in Ready Player One, what's his name created the the Matrix thing, and uh, and I've already flushed the names. Good for me. Right. And here, the villain created Rhyme City. Right, right, right. But no one is fighting because they think Rhyme City is like the best thing ever. He didn't create Pokemon. Right, right. <laughs> also, Pokemon has a whole history of um, like corporate being the supervillains. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, the whole thing is about like harmony of nature, right? Yeah. Also, the film just didn't pretend to be anything smarter than it was. That's the thing. That helps. Yeah, Ready Player just, One. He is just smarter. a cheesy villain, right? Mm. I mean, admittedly, his plan wasn't pure, like, dominate the world evil, but it was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, I just brought that up because that also flickered through my mind a bit. But uh, the context is very different, so I wonder where you landed on that. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no. no. The, uh, didn't want me here. <laughs> but yeah, then, so in the other, of course Ryan Reynolds, just Ryan Reynolds all the way through the film. Well, almost. Yeah. <laughs> How do you mean? He's missing his F-bomb for his Pokemon. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but he's mostly just doing history. He even makes, like, cocaine jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's the, the female lead, Lucy Stevens, who, I forgot the actress, is Catherine Newton is the mm. actress. Um, mostly she's okay. In her first scene, she comes across terribly. Yeah. <laughs> that was like she was auditioning for a whole different role on, like, children's TV. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a little look. I think I might have written something along. That you wrote, like, something like, the acting at the start really blows or something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Truck! Truck. Okay. <laughs> It's almost a quiet place here, except for those... It's just trucks. It's not even like there's many cars going past. <laughs> uh, well, the, the state of emergency in Japan apparently is lifted today, so I guess they're shipping everything everywhere. That's my theory on that. 
Oh, um, yeah, so for her, yeah, she's, I don't know if you noticed in my plot synopsis, it kind of, I mentioned her a little late, because she didn't really do anything before that. Right. And then the very last sentence, oh, oh, and she gets a job, she's like, oh, crap, I, she is, like, the female lead, I probably need to mention her one more time. But yeah, for the most part, she's just a plot device. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I remember coming out of the film thinking, oh, that actually, she didn't really show herself as a very good actor. But she's in um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is like a straight-up masterpiece. <laughs> uh, admittedly, she only has a very small role in it. Mm. But I'm like, oh, maybe it's she just, it was just bad direction. <laughs> or like, like I said, it felt like at first she thought she was in more of a kid's film. Right. And then later she tried to play a more sensible role. <laughs> I mean, if I was being charitable, it'd be like, oh, well, in that first scene, she... The character is trying to play the role of the reporter, but doesn't really understand the blah, blah, blah. I don't think that, I don't want to give them that much charity. I think that was just a crap scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good for the actors, isn't it? Okay. I mean, yeah, Pikachu, those two. There's some bit parts, like the son of the baddie. He's barely there, right? Barely there. I guess because maybe that's also where I got like my Ready Player One vibes. That they like, re-twist, it's a twist. Yeah, <laughs> then there was the guy in the nightclub. <laughs> and then, who I think he's like a famous DJ or something. There's some reason he was in the film, but oh, okay. whatever. Um, and then you've got Ken Watanabe doing exactly what he did in the recent Godzilla films, which is <laughs> he's here to be the Japanese guy so that it's okay we're making an American No, one. I wrote, oh, Ken's Japanese, that justifies everything. Yep. And, um, I, uh, yeah, that's also my synopsis. Ah, he's Ken Watanabe. <laughs> I've got um, a Pokemon card with him on it. <laughs> <laughs> with his own name. No, with his character. Oh, Kushida. I wonder what his but name is. But it's actually the picture of... Yeah, yeah. Robbie no, Mitchell. I think it should be his name. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to collect the full Detective Pikachu set, because they're pretty cool. when we record these, Matt takes pretty detailed notes. And what we're going to do, he's going to read out all the notes he's made about Pokemon specifically. Because Matt doesn't know anything about Pokemons. And then me, the guy who's like a 23-year super fan and has a podcast about Pokemon, will try and answer his questions. So let's go. Okay, here's the first one. I, I wrote this note and confused myself by writing, Cybok, wasn't he the duck in Star Trek V? So that's how that happened. Right. Psyduck. <laughs> I know. I think I was making a joke and then right. I like, actually reprogrammed my own knowledge. <laughs> okay. Is one Pokemon partner enough? Don't you need like four or something? Yeah, that's the Rhyme City thing specifically is you just have one partner. Okay, so I did pick up on that. That's yeah. cool. So it's like a monogamous Pokeland. Well, because they don't have the balls and the battling and stuff. They just live in harmony. Because it was all a plot so they could combine them at the end. Ah, okay. We don't really stick fingers in Pikachu, do we? You type any Pokemon's name into Google Images and scroll down a bit. Literally any Pokemon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, so that was like an in-joke. Okay. Uh, I mean, they're just talking about people poking him because he's cute, but yeah, yeah. yeah people, stick people stick fingers in their Pokemon. <laughs> okay. And more than fingers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah. The mediator between the head and the hands must be the understanding of Pika, Pika. So I mean... Yeah, that's kind of the plot of this film. So, <laughs> because at the end, like the, the, what Pikachu tries to teach him is that the mediator is the heart because they understand the feelings. Right. That kind of does actually <laughs> hold up. My point being, that means like in all of Pokemon anime and such before this, that means there's all, always saying like deep, profound things and no one ever hears it's it. It's only because in this case, we as we find out, there is a human mind trap. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. See, I I certainly can't get to those details. Um, so Pikachu would not want to go on our long walks. He is very small. <laughs> okay, I just wonder if it was something about being a Pokemon, like they can't travel far or something, because he's like, one step for you is a thousand for me, which could be an exaggeration, but it could be an actual thing about Pokemon movement, I don't know. <laughs> because his legs are like two inches long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, okay. It was just making sure it was a joke and not something that, you know, because they usually go around in your, your little ball, right? Only once you've caught them. They live in the wild before oh, okay. that. Uh, Mr. Mime isn't as cool as Muppet Man. That is true, though. Like, any... I mean, most films these days, the characters are just fully CG, right? But I miss 
animatronics and puppets and stuff. Do you know what I mean by Muppet Man? Muppet Man specifically? Yes. Oh, who's Muppet Man? In the, um, I guess, 2011 now movie, The Muppets, um, they need Miss Piggy to join them for their reunion show. <laughs> and she's like the fashion editor in Paris. So they go and she won't talk to them. So they get a big coat and like, you know, one Muppet's leg and look it up online if you don't know Muppet I Man. I have seen this film, but I don't remember Muppet Man. Muppet Man's hysterical. So. Okay. <laughs> I just felt like the way Muppet that Man... That film is hilarious. Yeah. I really like that film. No, just the way Muppet Man and Mr. Mime moved seemed kind of like okay. similar to me. So I, M- Muppet Man because he's like bah, falling apart all over himself. Yeah. But I legit loved that Mr. Mime scene, <laughs> but I'm a big silent comedy fan. Like, no, I did too. I just, I just, he's not as cool as Muppet Man. But well, are you going to read the note about their interrogation technique? Is he going to waterboard Mr. Mime? Oh, this is going dark fast. Gasoline! <laughs> that was great! That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, of course I'm going to read that one. Okay. I bet the CIA effectively interrogates people this way. By miming being in a cube? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, pretty make much... make you ha- listen to Dixie. This is... This is this is pretty much how I remember late 90s raves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the late 90s, I was nine, so I wasn't going to any raves. But mine, mine were pretty in, much how I remember the UK club scene, yeah. Yeah, my, I wrote, mine were in Georgia, man. I wrote, I wrote um, granted, I never went to the UK ones, or the UK, or Ibiza, so it was like, Georgia raves, come on in, y'all gonna have a hoedown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know, that was like that, right? <laughs> It's mostly like American music, and then the British DJ like, "Yo, we having fun tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote dubstep. Pikachu. Yeah, no, that's exactly what he's written. Okay. <laughs> that's when you got the the loudreds doing the weird like mouth speakers. Yeah. I see a lot of things differently in my head, but don't doubt Magikarp. Who is Magikarp? The fish then turns into the. Gamers. No, no, I mean just in the. In the Zyga, Zyga, you taught me and I forgot again. Oh, people talk about magic. If you have like a character in a game mm-hmm. who is weak at the start, but if you stick with it, they're like the most powerful one. People call it the Magic Up. Oh, it's a game reference, not Pokemon. The, that is a Pokemon. Okay. And in other games, they reference it based on that Pokemon. Ah, and magic- like the OG of that. So Magikarp gets you arrested, I suppose. If you destroy a club by turning a fish <laughs> into a dragon, you probably would get arrested. <laughs> Well, just because they were at the underground fight ring, right? Right. Do Pokemon die with their masters, like the servants of the pharaohs buried with them in pyramids? Although no one's buried in the pyramids. But anyway, you get the generals, the no. vibe. Okay. That's just a weird line again. Okay. Oh, it's just because they were both in the same car. Right. And it crashed. No, sometimes I just don't know if Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Chu is <laughs> making a joke or like actually referencing something about Pokemon. <laughs> so there's something. Sometimes I don't know if he's just being snarky or actually referencing something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there, there's, I guess that would be my greatest sort. Truck! That would be like my greatest source of confusion with this film. Right. <laughs> um, I escaped from the Kanto region. Shinshu real. Is Shinshu a region in Pokemon? Nah, there's Kanto and Kansai. Obviously. Then there's one that's basically Kyushu. Mm-hmm. Then there was Hokkaido. Mm-hmm. Then there was New York. <laughs> Is that Japan? No, they moved, off, they moved out of Japan after that. There was New York, then it was France, then it was Hawaii, and now it's Britain. Okay. Oh, Britain. And- ah! We're on a surprisingly sparse country lane, people. What's happening? <laughs> We're really in the middle of nowhere, except for this road nearby. <laughs> um, I need to understand uh, Mewtwo, I think. And I think I said Mewtwo the first few times as well. <laughs> yeah, Mewtwo is, from the original games, he was the most powerful one. And it's like a Pokemon that's made in a lab. The first movie is the Mewtwo movie. Uh, He's just a very powerful psychic Pokemon who hates humans because they made him uh. as a weapon. He hates the humans. Okay, got but, you. So he's kind, of, he's kind of the villain, unless it's with other Pokemon. The first film, it was like he wants to wreak revenge on the world because of his terrible creation. But by the end of the film, he learns, like, uh, it is not the circumstances of of one's birth. It is what you do with the gift of life. So it's pretty weird that in this version, he's just been floating around as a villain for 20 years. And then he met Ryan Reynolds and became a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, once once we have Tim doing more... mm, pokey positive stuff would this chase all be going better with like a a, a a real practiced trainer he's basically just winging it 
Maybe. But, like, he was a trainer as a kid, so he should have some kind of idea. Yeah, but you erase most of those trucks. You erase most of the trucks with um, insurance work, I think. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Talking to someone who worked in a mind-crushing job in a supermarket for 10 years, you forget everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I thought I'd be a little out of practice is my point. Yeah. So, um... How many Pokemon... Oh, this kind of responds to when you're asking me about seeing all this stuff on the screen. Hmm. Um, how many Pokemon do we need to be satisfying? I seriously don't know, so any number here is fine. Well, okay, right. So, for the first seven generations of the video games, every Pokemon was in every game. So they add more each time, but you can bring in all the old ones. For the most recent games, which is like the first one, it's in HD, it's a new machine, they're trying to change it up, they want to balance the gameplay... They only had 400 Pokemon. And it's one of the biggest cluster. Pika! I, that's still just basically swearing, isn't it? Just do uh, the Pikachu again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've ever seen on Twitter. Like, hashtag bring back the national decks. Hashtag they lied. Death threats. <laughs> and like, most people, when you play through the game, you just use the new ones. And then you never get round to bringing your old ones in anyway. It didn't affect most of these people, but they've got mental over it. <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong, I prefer it if you could always have every Pokemon, but it is getting unrealistic. <laughs> They're going to be over a thousand soon. Well, you can't you can't discriminate against the Pokemon just because you personally don't like them. Right, but they said like so. In each game, we'll change up which ones we are. So no one is gone forever. <laughs> Pretty sure Jinx is gone forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember our chat about Jinx. <laughs> um, so yeah, pe- people are not satisfied unless every single Pokemon is accounted for. But no, it's in something like this, I think, I think they did a good job. For someone like me, you do notice that the same ones are propping up a lot of times. But I'm sure for most normal people, you don't really notice that. Because they had like 60-odd. <laughs> Um, I think we've talked about cigarettes and beer bear on the podcast before. Is that right? Cigarettes and beer bear? Yeah. Growing up in Georgia in the 80s, like, um, you know, like lots of dude, everyone's smoking everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, drinking. Like you'd always go to your friend's house. And this is when I was a little kid, like four or five, six. And they'd have like the little teddy bear with kind of the floopy skin. Like it's not smooth. Or, hmm. and, and they'd always smell like cigarettes and beer. Because it just like piled up around the house, so right. Um, we we were talking, you know, we named it cigarettes and beer bear. Okay, <laughs> would that make a good Pokemon? Uh, anyway, wet Pikachu in this movie made, made me think of uh, cigarettes and beer bear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the smell of cigarettes just reminded me of my grandparents' house, but not so much beer, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, no, and it wasn't even like clearly beer. It's just think of like um, again. I think I mentioned in the last. Just like a musty old bear in a recycle shop smell. Yeah, and then a certain kind of fur on this teddy bear would come out, like, particularly smelling like a truck. Logitech. A Logitech truck, yeah. This one is going to be horrendous to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Um, Those were my notes, by the way. Okay, that's your notes on the Pokemans. Yes. Okay, any other questions you wanted to throw my way about Pokemons? I, I think I would have put in the notes if it was on my mind, so that's what we're rolling with for the time being. Here's a weird thing, which I noticed in this and Spider-Man Homecoming. Where they cast an actor of mixed race to throw you off that the white guy is their dad. Oh, right. But in the game, Tim's white. And obviously Ryan Reynolds is right. So they thought, ooh, let's, let's throw them off the twist by having a black kid with a black mum. So you don't think coming is white dad. Uh, and then in Spider-Man Homecoming, it's Liz Allen and her dad's the vulture. But you don't see it coming because she's not white. I don't know. It just, it just occurred to me that two films about a year apart pulled that same cheap trick. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can see that. I mean, there is the trend just 
more diversity on screen. That's Which is cool. good. I'm yeah. obviously all for that. Yeah, Just yeah. that particular little... Just, huh. it is a... Which, I guess, you can say, well, it is showing me my own prejudice that I didn't think that she would be his son. Mm. But, like, in this one, I knew it from, the, like I said, from the opening scene. You know what the ending of this film is, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, my my daughter's mixed race, so um, people sometimes see her and then see me like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so... I get that. I can be in. I can be in the next film. They pull that twist. Yeah, but yeah. It just it just occurred to me that it happened twice, very close together, with like big summer blockbuster movies. And I was like, huh? Does that say something about me, or does that say something about what the films are doing? Yeah, I, I had. I mean, I did just to tie your two points together. Um, I did have just a quick thought of Miles Morales go through my head. <laughs> Because I'm used to seeing the, you know, Disney-style Ash Poketrainer, or, right. or Satoshi, I should say, because we're in Japan, but uh, um, I'm used to that, right? So right. it's kind of that, you know, we go from Peter Parker to uh, Miles Morales and go from Ash, who might be Japanese or not, to this dude, so. There is, <clears throat> in the, in like that opening video they watch on the train, it shows the, the Pokemon battle, and there's a Japanese kid in a baseball cap who you could, if you want, think it is implied to be, like, Red or mm-hmm. Satoshi or whatever. I think I did catch that, because yeah. that is pretty much uh, among the most iconic imagery from the whole thing. So yeah. someone like me will actually pick up on it. <laughs> right. So there's a reference I did pick up on. That's, I yeah. guess maybe that's where I was like, I wonder how many references are just going right by me. I also noticed most of the Pokemon with prominent roles in this are also the ones you can play in Smash Brothers. How, who? Pikachu, Charizard, Greninja, Jigglypuff okay. was in there. Okay. Oh, I definitely remember playing as Jigglypuff. See, I played Jigglypuff in uh, Brawl and probably never even figured out that I was playing with a Pokemon. <laughs> I played, when we played yesterday, one around as Jigglypuff. Felt pretty proud of myself. I thought, oh, you, oh, this'll, this'll make you laugh. I actually thought that Jigglypuff was from a Kirby game. He does look a bit Kirby. Yeah, I know. And I think in Smash, they pretty much just copies Kirby's moveset and gave him a couple different moves. That's so. why I think I assumed Jigglypuff yeah. was actually from Kirby. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it tells you how much I know. And, and the last one I did was uh, Bra, so if right. they've added more since, then I wouldn't really yeah. be familiar with them anyway. But, I, I mean, I, I think it's just that they put the most popular ones in Smash Brothers, and they also put the most popular ones in this, which makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. I mean, again, it's like the... The Justice League, there's been, you know, you don't put Booster Gold in the Blue Beetle in because people want Superman Batman. Right. <laughs> Although I would much rather watch it. Oh, I would Beetle love to see the movie. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie, but it's not, you know, you'd really have to Guardian as a galaxy sell that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, they'd it. have to bring out, like, Justice League West or whatever. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> um, I get, is that the end of your, your point? Yeah, yeah, I just, okay. just an okay. interesting little thing I so, noticed. So this came out a year ago, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, is it like still primetime Pokemon content or is it kind of faded away? It doesn't seem to have stayed in the conversation much. Uh, I watched it thrice at the cinema, once when it came out on DVD and once again last night. And it's still pretty magical for me every time. Right, right. So there are fans that definitely carry this one along, but it's not in the big conversation necessarily. Well, the, the, um, at the end of last year, we had a new game. And that obviously has more, there's more to talk about there among actual Pokemon fans. And I guess among movie fans, they're not going to be talking about this too much. So <laughs> there's not loads of conversation about it, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, for what I was going to say, you say something. Okay, so for me, this film feels really special. Because for my generation, I feel like this is all we're going to get. Like, in terms of the 80s nostalgia, we've had so many films, right? Transformers, G.I. Joe, all the Marvel and DC stuff. Mm. But sort of the 90s stuff, because it never really went away. Like, there has been Pokemon ever since Pokemon started. Mm. There's been Power Rangers since Power Rangers started. Harry Potter, there's been since... So, the sort of... It was there, it went away for a bit, and it comes back and you get that nostalgia one. We're not getting that. Right. And also, like, my whole generation has been, like, deliberately infantilized, like... And mine's been beaten over the head with it, so... (laughs) Yeah, but, like, we're never going to own houses. We're never going to have kids, like... (laughs) So, we... We've never been told, oh, by the way, you're officially adults now. (laughs) Which I know no generation really is. But all the symbols of an adult 
for previous generations were not really available to my generation. Yeah, and yeah. so we don't get like this, now we're an adult and we can look back on our childhood moment. Hmm. And like, I don't know how well this film did. Maybe we won't get any more live action Pokemon films. I hope we do. But there was just that brief moment. The scene that really does it for me, which probably didn't do anything for you, is when Pikachu's injured and he talks to the Bulbasaur to get help. And she's like, they don't understand you. And he's like, no, they understand how I feel. And for me, when I'm imagining living in that world, which I have done every day since I was eight, that's how it is. Um, kids often ask me, why are you so into Pokemon? Part of it is because growing up, I didn't have pets. I didn't have that many friends. So those little like 40 by 40 sprites on my Game Boy screen were my pets and my friends. <laughs> and there was this film showed me that world that I wanted to live in. So I don't think it's the best film ever. I don't think it's a great film, but it was an introduction to a universe that I want to spend more time in. And particularly that it came out right after Endgame, which pretty much put a full stop on a universe that I'd been enjoying spending time in. I don't know. It felt like a big deal to me. Okay. So I was seeing if I, what I wrote at that moment on my, on my own notes. Probably nothing because you didn't bring it up in your Pokemon bit. Oh, okay. I said he was... Oh, you just had like... Oh, wait. Mortal. Is Mewtwo to a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't work. I guess he's not a guy at all. He's a... He's a yeah. Artificially evolved Pokemon, would it be? He was, uh, well, he's just grown in a tube. Okay. Not evolved. Yeah, he's grown. a clone. Okay. I, so if I got that a little off. Oops. But yeah. As a guy coming completely in from the outside, it's fine. Um, I... The, I saw the Power Rangers movie a few years ago for some reason. That's all the Power Rangers I've ever seen, too. Mm. Um, I definitely that one was underrated, I feel. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. but it, um, it, had, it felt like it was, had an emotional core, which I wasn't expecting going in. But that one really kind of expected you to have some Power Ranger familiar, yeah, fami- didn't familiarity. Yeah, it did Whereas, like... And it only had, like, ten minutes of Power Rangers <laughs> Yeah. And loads... And 20 minutes of Krispy Kreme product placement. <laughs> <laughs> right, but um, this one had enough... I mean, it has, has to have all the Pokemon references, obviously, but it had other references. So, they, yeah. you know, they were at least trying to attract the movie fan with uh, some rel- by having a well-known film trope and structure and all that sort of stuff. I definitely feel like this one had a bit more money and talent behind it. Mm. Like, there were, like, Rob Letterman is like a real director right. and stuff. Ryan Reynolds is a big name. So, yeah, they, they were trying to make a film for people who watch films <laughs> and not just a quick buck off an old toy property. Right. Um, any other big points you want to make? I think I'm, I've... Still can't remember his name, and it's really doing my head in. Yeah. <laughs> and we have no service. We just can't check. See, usually we're just, oh, there it is, but... Yep. And we... See, we're, we're somewhere with no service. <laughs> and yet there's been... Ten trucks over the course of this podcast. Yeah. And none of them had Mew underneath. <laughs> anyway, if you want to talk about trucks with us, where do you do that? You can go to www.trucks.com with <laughs> two X's. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the audience you want to tell that to? <laughs> uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter at MLSFSpod. Uh, you might be hearing this uh, without having subscribed to Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. In which case, thanks for sticking with it. Um, you can find this podcast, search on your podcast app, Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. It's, we talk about a different science fiction film every week. Normally, it's not quite as family-friendly as this. Me and Matt use the naughty words from time to time. Um, and, of course, it's not often about Pokemon because Matt doesn't know anything about Pokemon. But, yeah, um, check it out. Have a little scroll through. See if there's something that takes your interest. And if you are listening to this on the main Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary feed, um, you can check out my Pokemon podcast from a Pokemon chat by going on Twitter at LukeLovesPKMN or searching for Luke Loves Pokemon on your podcasting app of choice. You got through all of that. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm turning into a real chill. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like the music you've heard this episode, you can check out Matt's music at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. I don't know what I'm going to put in this one. Well, have you got some like electro stuff? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think this film did have like some nice synthy music here and there. Yeah, okay. We'll go. We'll go electro, like Jamie Foxx with two X's. Spider Man is my enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, uh, have 
I don't even know what I'm going to say. How do we end it today? I love Pokemon. And remember, I love you too. That's how I am my other one. <laughs> <laughs>
into the spiraling labyrinth of life or death, the game's just a name. Ocean melts into desert's flame, returning home the way we can.